0: Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are
1: you this morning? Doing well, good. thank you. all right.
0: And uh, we're going to see how things are going in Ukraine, whether they're going well. But I guess it depends on which side we're on. You know, it's pretty tough if you can't say, you know, I really identify for with one side and, and the other and they're champions of liberty. Yeah. So I guess we have to go back to our old standby that uh, the most important thing we do is talk about the country that we live in and what kind of a foreign policy that we could promote here that would bring the, the best effort forward to have peace and prosperity, and that's what we try to do. So sometimes uh, people say, well, why are you supporting so-and-so? Aren't they bad guys? Well. Looking individually at the issues, that's the big thing that, yeah. that we've tried to do. But uh, one thing that has been talked about is common knowledge now about uh, the deep state. Who's the deep state? Uh, of course, most people identify the Federal Reserve and the financial markets as part of it. But really, a big part of the deep state is the military industrial complex. Yeah, they're, for they're, sure. they're huge. And, uh, you know, the one thing that has been shifting over the last uh, several decades, really, is the uh, coming, coming out for the deep state yeah. uh, they're they're not hiding it anymore which is a little bit scary so it's so conventional you know the the New world order is used routinely now yeah, openly. Uh, the p- politician oh this is part of the New world order yeah. and uh, you, know, the, uh, when, when, uh, you know the when when you know when Bush uh, introduced the, uh, the the World Trade group WTO um, he said this is the third leg the first in the imf and the world bank and then we had the world trade order yeah. it's the third leg of the new world order yeah, <laughs> and i thought boy you, you know did, did, did the birchers really win this <laughs> <laughs> so they they look at it and say that it's common knowledge and now uh here uh, you know it's knowledgeable about the the uh, cfr yeah you know that, that was top secret and if you ever mention it you were a conspirator, you didn't know what was going on. These people don't even exist, but uh, they exist now and they sort of brag about it because the president is on national TV every day, almost, you know, it's MSNBC, it, so, so that, that's no secret. Uh, but the secret is, is a lot of people still don't understand exactly what's going on. We want to talk a little bit about that because uh, the Pentagon, could the Pentagon be involved with this stuff? The Pentagon, the, they're having a meeting with the eight top arms manufacturers to meet on Ukraine. And uh, guess what? Those eight companies, I uh, i uh, bet, matter of fact, I look at the list, they all make money off this war. Oh yeah, for and, sure. Uh, but but that that is awful bold. We knew they met met, and they have a plan. And when the, when they we knew it uh, in Washington, because when the defense bill came up, uh, you, you knew that uh, they were out there, and uh, it was one thing that uh, they were able to do, and they were smart as heck. They put if you had a big weapon like the F-30 135 35, yeah. and, and you say everybody gets a piece of the action and then it's it's sort of like uh i don't know what the word is but when too many people get together and they try to make something it doesn't work out and that airplane didn't work out so well so it but but the politics of it worked out fine because even the progressives would roll over uh you know and and vote for it because there were jobs in their district but this meeting is interesting i think it's a little bit of uh evidence uh, people shouldn't ignore it but they've conditioned the people Oh yeah, military industrial complex and and they're working with the Pentagon and and that sort of thing. But uh, I I think that uh, this is significant because this is where the real power is. And you wonder uh, just who speaks for each one of these companies. And I'd be suspicious on exactly what their motivations are.
1: Yeah, you start out by saying everyone wonders uh, which side are you on. Well, the side that we're on, I think, is America's side. Yeah. And that side is the least <laughs> represented in anything that's happening. Right. No one wants to talk about it. But this meeting is an example of, the, as you say, the deep state and also the deep corruption of the state itself. Because, um, you know, you have this, uh, this meeting. And let's actually put up that first clip. Um, if we can. Here it is. The Pentagon asks top eight U.S. weapons makers to meet on Ukraine. This is from Reuters. Uh, Something is driving this war, Dr. Paul, and it's not America's, America's interest, it's not our national interest, it's something else. Put up that next one. Here's a quote from the article, and this gives you a little hint. The Pentagon will host leaders from the top eight weapons manufacturers on Wednesday to discuss the industry's capacity to meet Ukraine's weapons needs if the war with Russia lasts years. And of course, you can almost hear the sound of their hands rubbing together, Dr. Paul, at the idea that this may last years. We know for a fact that all of these top weapons uh, manufacturers have made an enormous amount of money off of this war. They continue to make money off this war. And as the theme of our show today is, the U.S. is moving deeper and deeper toward direct involvement with Russia on this war. Even as Biden swears he's not putting American troops on the ground. So the trajectory is in that direction. It's being driven by the the TV pundits. We'll get into that later about who they really are. Driven by the weapons manufacturing. And Americans, Dr. Paul, are going to need to wake up because we are moving toward an absolute disaster and nobody is saying boo about it.
0: You know, it works in, in, in a couple different ways. Uh, the media get special treatment from the military and they become journalists you know look at what we can tell you and, and expose and then uh, also uh, they they get paid to go on tv and propagandize too yeah so and we'll talk a little bit more about we'll that later there, but yeah. but that is uh, uh you know big bucks involved but it's also the source of of uh, a lot of malinvestment well a lot of this would happen even without a grand plan that's uh, used against our country but it would be uh, it would be just the fact that uh, they're able to print the money it permits them to do this without taxing the people people yeah. people don't say oh they just promised another billion dollars and, and it's into the billions over Ukraine and nobody even knows where it is and they're paying the taxes oh I don't pay taxes I'm in the I'm in a low tax category I don't you have to pay taxes yeah but do you pay more for your food these days yeah. that's that's your tax so it is, uh it is something that the people suffer from it, and it has to do with the financing of this. But they have to galvanize the people, and that's part of what the media's job is. Uh, and look how you know whether it was for the Mid Eastern wars or any war, you know they have to they have to condition people. And so often, if they do a poll at the beginning of uh, uh, confrontations that are coming, like in Ukraine. Uh, they, they would. Eat, people would generally say, I don't even, I don't care about it. I don't know anything about it. Or then they'll say, No, we she t- should take the pro-American position. Then by the time the preparation has occurred, all of a sudden the numbers have changed, and who knows uh, uh, exactly how they ask the questions too to get get everybody in support of the war I I just don't believe that people if they had their facts uh, would be so strongly endorsing war like they do and ignoring the consequence and that's of course what we're trying to do constantly but especially today
1: well the argument would be that we're not at war we're not putting troops on the ground we're not at war. but we're definitely the United States is part of this conflict and it's getting more and more part of it every day and there was a picture I don't have it with me there's a picture of the Secretary of Defense austin who by the way comes to us from raytheon he's addressing a group of ukrainian military uh, personnel who are in the u.s training how to use these suicide drones uh, in ukraine the fact is that these military weapons are being used to kill russians in a conflict in which we are not involved we have not declared war we are not a part of this conflict yet we are sending weapons to kill russians that makes us a part of it Americans think that it's just, um, oh, we're just helping out an ally. No, it's seen by the Russians, uh, regardless of how you feel about the invasion, this is not an invasion of the U.S. It's not the invasion of a NATO member. It's an invasion of a foreign country uh, that has nothing to do with us and doesn't reflect our interests. However, we are getting deeper and deeper into it. And In our next article from our friend Doug Bandel, was on antiwar.com. talks about just how deep we're into it. Massive military budget. That were sent that we are that we have this year and it's being ramped up by more spending on ukraine i think over 1.7 billion dollars in new military aid for ukraine
0: you know uh, all that we do whether it's the militarism and the bombs that we drop but it, it's also it's also uh, sanctions that we put on other countries and you know even very quickly, you put on sanctions, sometimes they hurt the consumers here (laughs) in this country. Most of the time, we suffer the consequences. Then you get into the budgeting and the paying of all this, and it just expands uh, and and gets much worse. So uh, it is uh, something that has gone on for a long time. And, of course, I argue the case that uh, if you had a decent monetary system, these mistakes wouldn't be made. The people would have to pay or go to war themselves if they think you know can you imagine uh if we were actually if we if we get so weak and we are getting weaker if we get so weak that there's there's a foreign group coming in and 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 are, are fighting I mean, I think if, if we were really, truly, in the old fashion, had an invasion, I think the American people would defend themselves. Yeah. But why do they go along with uh, with precipitation? You know, of, of problems and and that that to me is the most annoying thing. And that's a more or less I almost like the theme of what we're talking today. How it seems like things are just backfiring. Yeah. Uh, and but they'll do it, and this really gripes me. They'll do it in the name of the Constitution. Preserving national security, protecting our liberties, and, uh, and then go off and start a war and bomb a lot of people, then blame everybody else for the problems. And we we are in the business of multiple coups around the world, oh, yeah. and uh, we we just go on and and uh, nobody would ever want to talk about how many how many people died in the last 22 years from American bombs. Yeah. You know, a bunch.
1: Yeah. Well, here's a good little piece from Doug's article. Let's put this up. This is a good, this puts it in perspective. Um, last year's military spending bill ran $768 Adjusted for inflation, it was more than during the Korean War, the Vietnam War, and the entire Cold War, even with Reagan's sizable buildup. Doug continues, noted Vox's Jonathan Goyer, Quote, the only time this bill has been larger adjusted for inflation was in 2011 at the moment when the U.S. had peak troops in Afghanistan and Iraq. So we don't have these uh, massive troops in Afghanistan. That war is over. We only have a couple thousand in Iraq, yet we're spending more than any time since the Korean War.
0: Then you might ask... We don't have so many troops there. Why is it so important that we maintain a garrison? Is that the right word? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Hundreds of them. And uh they're able to maintain once once they take over a country. And it's and it isn't always the military, that's part of it, but it's really control of the financial system. You know, we can put on sanctions and freeze assets right now. The big argument is are we going to give the Iranians their money back that were that was stolen, uh, you know, uh, in the past? People say, "Oh, that would be a subsidy." He's <laughs> giving back their money. Yeah. So that's what that, that continues to go on. But that leaves that leaves some bad feelings that we throw our weight around and put on these sanctions, and uh, it, it isn't. Very, very much uh, done by, you know, the, the system of justice. But then again, I think we're, our, our Department of Justice, our CIA and FBI, I think they have a sloppy, they're doing a sloppy job of protecting our liberties here at home. Maybe that should be put higher on the agenda.
1: Yeah. Well, as Doug adds, too, when we talk about this massive uh, military bill, he says, yet who is Washington deterring? Who is America <laughs> defending against? And he says, yeah, terrorism remains a threat, but it's not existential and it's exacerbated rather than diminished by promiscuous military intervention. Bingo. He gets it. You know, we're actually creating the problems. Then we ask for more money to solve the problems that we created. We being the people in Washington, not us.
0: You know, it's identical to the explanation Mises gives in economics. Uh, One intervention... Done with good intention, and, and, and that may be a sincere thing. I think. I think all progressives who would like to help people who are starving in the street—they're not going to ask, "How did we cause that? How did the government mess them up? Why is the monetary system bad?" But they're motivated. We got to help them, you know. And then they do that, and uh, and. and And Mises' argument was you create two new problems. But don't you think that happens a lot of times on foreign policy? And the other thing that happens is we do get involved, and it's been known throughout history, when two uh, adversaries get get confronting each other, both of them miscalculate. They think the uh, opposition will do this and they'll roll over. We're going to put sanctions on them and they will do whatever we want. And lo and behold, uh, the people become unified. Even the bombing. Unifies the people, you know, and figure figure they're not they they rarely capitulate and say, oh, let's get rid of our leaders because the Americans drop bombs on us. That that doesn't happen very often. They keep and if it doesn't work, we keep dropping more bombs, and they get encouragement by the Group of Eight, the CFR. Oh, you can't say that; it's conspiratorial. Well, this is a you know conspiracy is you got to be careful with it. But if it's a true conspiracy. I think you're allowed to consider it as being fact.
1: Well, here's an opening conspiracy, and with thanks to The Lever for, for publishing this article, this is about, uh, this article is called The Defense Industries Ukraine Pundits. And this is important, I think, because this shows that there is another war going on. Yes, there's a war in Ukraine, but there's also a war in the U.S., and it's a war to shape the public opinion of the events in Ukraine. And that war is being fought in the front lines by people who stand to directly benefit from an escalation. Uh, And let's put on this next clip. This is from The Lever, a new publication, uh, but it's very interesting. This next clip, if we can, there we go. The defense industry's Ukraine pundits. To explain the crisis, corporate news networks are leaning on hawkish ex-military officials without disclosing their current defense industry ties. And I'm going to throw out a couple of examples, Dr. Paul. Let's do the next. One, this is from the article. Here's Leon Panetta, former CIA director. He goes on uh, the mainstream, the CNN, and he says, I think the U.S. has to provide whatever weapons are necessary to the Ukrainians so they can hit back and hit back now. And then he goes on, at no point did Panetta nor CNN mention that he's a senior counselor at Beacon Global Strategies, a defense industry consulting firm that has reportedly represented weapons manufacturer Raytheon. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. Do the next one. Here is uh, former Homeland Security Director Jay Johnson. He was on MSNBC and he uh, was making the same comments that we need to get more involved. And the article says, during its Ukraine coverage, MSNBC failed to include disclosures when that network invited Jay Johnson, who serves on the board of directors at Lockheed Martin, the world's biggest defense contractor And I'll do one more because I would encourage you to go look at this article because it's got a bunch more. And here is uh, Admiral uh, Stavratis, who is on Meet the Press. He recommended the U.S. send more anti-aircraft missiles to Ukraine. He says, quote, what we ought to do is give the Ukrainians the ability to create a no-fly zone. More Stingers, more missiles that can go higher than Stingers. Well, the Stingers are manufactured by Raytheon. Beacon Global Strategies reported client. Again, <laughs> they failed to disclose this.
0: You know, without disclosure, it suggests that uh, the news is not worth very much. But I wonder how many people out there that watch TV and listen to the pundits here really even ask the question. And I'd, I I wonder whether if you told them the truth that uh, you know these guys you know get paid a lot of money, they worked with and still do work with a manufacturing company, and they're out there and they're the expert. Uh, I'd like to know, do you think this is a, a sign of good journalism? Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's, and it's just co- totally corrupted journalism. And then, then the politicians get up and they go back and forth. Who's telling lies and who's fake news? Which is which deserves the, the discussion. But what about what about the pounding away of this stuff? See, I, I see the winner of this because the people go along with it as not the Republicans or the Democrats, but the establishment, the people who want the money spent, you know, the, the people who want the weapons uh, uh, manufacturing to, to continue. So. Uh, but the basic principle of disclosure you know the, they they do that a little bit with the politicians but it just seems like once we just think of how many people uh, Republicans and Democrats, they're both get disclosed that uh, they're they're rather corrupt in what they do. This does a whole lot happen. It's, it looks like if you're you're an insider, you get a pass so often. And there's a lot hanging up hanging on a vine right now about what will happen to some of the politicians in the last four years who have committed a lot of criminality when it comes to elections.
1: Yeah, that is the case. <clears throat> Well, the, the next one we want to talk about, because the, the issue is uh, the, the corruption, but the issue is also how we are moving closer toward conflict. And the, um, and the Russians have noticed. You know, we're sending, they already sent those S-300 Slovakia did. Slovakia is talking about sending in MiGs. The U.S. is meeting with its weapons manufacturers saying, hey, we need more stuff. We need it faster. We need to get it in there. to getting in there. Well, let's put up this next thing. This was on Zero Hedge this morning. Um, Kremlin, again, warns U.S. NATO weapons transports into Ukraine will be attacked. It doesn't matter if you like the Russians or hate the Russians. They have, to this point, done what they said they were going to do. So it's worth paying attention when the deputy foreign minister, Sergei Rybakov, says, uh, if you speed these weapons up, he says, we are warning that U.S. NATO weapons transfers across Ukrainian territory will be considered by us as legal military targets, which technically, of course, they are if it's a war. And if you send weapons to one side, you are involved in that war. Again, regardless of your view on this, the fact of the matter is we're getting drawn into it. And I think the next move, we've already seen them blow up the S-300s. The next move, they're going to blow up the MiGs. And then they're going to send more things. It's going to get to a point where the Russians are going to say, OK, we're going to blow it up before it gets in here. And that's when you have a massive escalation. The question every American should ask is, why are we moving in this direction? How is it in our interest to move toward See, war? See, I'd
0: go one step back. Why are we even over there messing around? You know, then we get in there and then it becomes very political and it becomes a strategic thing. You're your military guy against our military guy and they're fighting a war that's going on that shouldn't be fought. I can't understand why the American people would look at what we talk about, non-intervention. What? Why? Why would they be so upset if we say, you know, yes, we would have to admit that we would be, have a different foreign policy. Uh, we wouldn't have troops all around the world. And we'd be trading with people to the maximum ability that we could trade with them, and uh, and, and we wouldn't be putting on sanctions on people. Why why would this be uh, so bad? And uh, and they they but but the whole thing is is we're fighting, we're we're fighting the political machine and the uh, and the demagoguing. Yeah. Well, they're they're enemies. They're terrible people, and it's just. Amazing how fast things can change. When I can, when I can think, uh, just think about not uh, how much benefit, uh, how much better it was since the Cold War ended and lasted for a while with a lot of benefit. Far from perfect, but just think of. I don't know wh- wh- when we could date it, but say in the, at, the, at least in the last year, even though a lot was going on. But once again, it was this intrigue and interventionism and the coup that we participated in in 2014. But uh, I, I don't know why... Uh, you know the military people on TV—they never get asked that question. Yeah. Because uh, the absence of journalism is uh, loud and clear when it comes to American television.
1: It's corruption. I mean, you had the perfect word. This is pure corruption. But while you have the ma- mainstream media that's corrupt. that's only presenting one side and presenting people with with special interests in it. The the social media is also on the war front, and they are banning people left and right. And we we'll talk about we're going to re- reschedule with Scott Ritter. But Scott Ritter was banned permanently from. From Twitter for simply questioning the narrative in at the uh, at the Bucha mass- massacre, uh, Pepe Escobar, a very very uh, insightful world commentator, he was banned from Twitter. So they're making sure you only see one side. Um, the next story that we're going to do, the last one I think we're going to do, is interesting because to be honest, I dismissed it at first because it sounds too wild to be true. And you can even put that up, and we don't know this is we're going on the, the word of a french journalist and we'll get into why he's credible uh, but this is paul jo- joseph watson reporting on this americans are in charge of the war says french journalist who returned from ukraine and if you'll put the, the next one on that is the um here is a recording of what he said and i'm going to read what he said a french journalist who returned from ukraine with arriving with volunteer fighters told broadcast C News that Americans are directly, quote, in charge of the war on the ground. Uh, The assertion, now this is why I started to pay attention, because it wasn't uh, some sort of conspiracy monger, it's Georges Montbrunot, he's a senior international correspondent for Le Figaro, and I'll get into what Le Figaro is for Americans who may not know later, but what he said, he was in Ukraine, he said, I had the surprise and so did they, the people that he was with, they were French volunteer fighters, and so did they to discover that to be able to enter the Ukrainian army, well, it's the Americans in charge, he said. And he went on to say, uh, they almost got arrested by Americans who asserted that they were in charge and that they were forced to sign a contract to stay. Then he said, and who is in charge? It's the Americans. I saw it with my own eyes, said malbruno adding, I thought I was with the international brigades, but I found myself facing the Pentagon. And again, Dr. Paul, I was tempted to write this off, but... I'm a little bit familiar with the newspaper. Let's put the next one on. Who is Le Figaro? What is Le Figaro? Who is Georges Montbrunot? Well, here, this, this is from his Twitter page. He is the senior reporter for Le Figaro, specializing in the Middle East. Uh, this is a senior, senior person. Well, what is Le Figaro? Let's do the next one really quick. This is just from Wikipedia. It is a French daily morning newspaper founded in 1826. It is the oldest national newspaper in France and one of three French newspapers of record, along with Le Monde and Libération. This is a major newspaper, so maybe he's talking out of the wrong side of his mouth. However, when you're in that position, generally speaking, I would think you wouldn't do an out-and-out lie.
0: You know, um, this to me is, is very important, but somebody might ask, uh, why should we care? Yeah, you know why, why? 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 Why should we care about uh, whether the uh, 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 Americans are involved or not? Because uh, you know they they protected us before, and they're going to protect Europe. Yeah, but don't don't they ever stop and think? Well, Europe is just going they're probably going down as fast or faster than we are because what did we do to the energy system yeah and, and that almost is is uh, it, it that becomes more of a partisan issue even though i argue the case that to get big things done you need both parties go along with it. the war for instance so that's uh, uh a lot of people just say well well we we don't care uh, americans are supposed to do that we're, we are the uh, peacemakers. We you have to have strength, and that's yeah. how you that's how you bring about peace. So uh, I like to get people asking the question. You know why why should you uh, just accept that? Why don't you ask questions? Why don't you ask your politicians why this is the case? Is this true? And have them see if the uh, people. Don't ask or make comments to their members of Congress. They won't think of this. And that's why things have changed a little bit, uh, significantly in the war on COVID. You know, things have changed because the American people, especially the parents, especially the mothers, who've said, "This, this whole thing isn't going well. And they brought that to attention you know, to to a lot of congressmen, and uh, and you know what? It's a uh, it's a big deal now because it's driven it's driven the progressive left nuts yeah. over it because the American people are standing up. And but I want them to get interested in the foreign policy and why are we doing this? And when we look at the big battle right now is is the price increases, price inflation, and uh, they have to tie it to something. Oh, well, Putin did it. Yeah. It's all Putin's fault. <laughs> oh, no. Height. OK. Yeah, <laughs> we can. And and Biden, too. He, he did it, too. But they're not going to ask the question who ran up the deficits, <laughs> you know, and who printed the money and uh, and who who offered to uh, authorize all this expenditures. You know, they they. They can get to the bottom of it if the people just wake up and and start asking they should you know as long as we have the chance if uh, if a uh, congressman's having a town hall meeting, they probably loved it when they didn 't have to have town hall meeting yeah, really. because there was there there was uh, the lockdowns so uh but there's a way to get the message. And if you don't have time and energy to do it, what they should do is to get out and vote and decide, well, you know, you know, some people, some people think, well, I don't know that there's not too much difference between these candidates. But they would say, I just vote against incumbents, yeah. <laughs> which is probably not the worst thing in the world.
1: Yeah. Well, the issue of the Americans running this, the, the foreign mercenaries there is a problem because Russia will see it as a problem. And again, okay, whatever you think about it, the question is, do we want to risk retaliation from Russia over what's happening in Ukraine? Now, if the Russians had invaded Texas or California, well, we might give them California, but if they had invaded Texas, obviously we have, that is in our interest. We have to defend against this, but this is not that. There's no reason to do it. So risks are unbelievably high. Gains are zero from what happens in Ukraine. Uh, except for the tragedy of human life, which we're all, of course, you know, b- by being part of the human race, we feel bad about. But I'm going to just kind to close out by uh, now that we've got video again, putting up that bonus clip. This is what we're talking about. This is Houston, June 4th. This is the stuff we've been talking about on the Liberty Report for over a month now. The Biden Doctrine, New World Order or Nuclear Armageddon, RPI Spring Conference in Houston. I will add a link. After the show in the description of this uh, program on how you can get your tickets, I just literally checked in, Dr. Paul. We've sold almost half of the available tickets just in two days. It's one of the fastest I've seen them go. So get yours while you can. Dr. Paul and myself will be speaking, and we're going to have some really exciting speakers that we're going to announce as well. Uh, it's, it's, we kept the price super low, $55. Great uh, breakfast that's going to be involved, some great speakers a great chance to get a, get together with people everyone's thinking the same thing but they're they're not able to talk
0: about it. that's why we do these conferences and, so. and you know how inflation works people buy early yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because the price might, might go, go up, up and, yeah and that's part of the problem that happens the psychology of it so uh I don't think that would happen to us. I think uh, that price is going to hold. We'll hold the price, yes. <laughs> Yeah, no, instead of doing it. But uh, yeah, if you want to get that 55, you got to do it for sure. <laughs> you know, so, so uh, well, I, I want to once again thank everybody for tuning in to the uh, Liberty Report. And uh, I do believe so sincerely that uh, the changes that we could make in this country are possible. Very difficult, but they're possible because I still believe the American people, when they're offered totalitarianism and the tragedy that it comes from that, that volunteerism, sound money and liberty is so much a better option. It's, I just don't understand why more people wouldn't opt for it. I think I understand it to a degree because people have been conditioned to be taken care of and think that their interests are best served by depending on the government to take care of but things are changing. That's coming to an end. We're broke, and what, what, when, the, when it's finally evidence that something happened, there is a bankruptcy. They just, uh, they don't literally just throw the government, throw the paper money away, which they might someday. What they do is. Prices go up. That is a sign that things are getting bad, and I'll tell you what, some of those statistics are pretty bad right now. Prices are going up rapidly, and it's going to happen already, Uh, it has happened in the military. Military purchases. Yeah, well, we've all heard the stories that, what, eight, 900 or $1,000 for a hammer and all that nonsense? Well, that's still going on, and it's going to, it just builds the atmosphere for uh, these costs to be passed on. And uh, believe me, the military-industrial complex is not frugal, not with your dollars, and they're not frugal with your liberty either, and that's what really counts. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.